Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We're on to episode 167. No Al this week, but we do have Anton. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. We were just talking there about trying to get as many things done this week as possible and fit things in and just time, basically. And I was also talking about how I'm going to be changing up my recording setup, which will hopefully make things a bit easier for me to actually uh, edit things and a bit faster because I'm still editing on a 10-year-old system, which is kind of mad. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, very remarkable. You know, there's uh, many a piece on a computer that con- can conk out over time, but uh, your current machine is soldiered on to the new generation. And the thing is, it actually runs pretty well. The problem is when you're exporting stuff, it takes like about a day to do anything. It's just so frustrating. However, uh, here we are. Uh, have you had a chance to play anything this week? Um, oh, I've been uh, ever scandalous and haven't touched a video game across any platform. Sometimes wow. I'm just missing out on the Switch, but um, this week I've managed to miss out on all gaming, very sadly. How about yourself? Well, I have actually played a little bit. I played some more Fall Guys, which I've thoroughly enjoyed so much so that I even uh, got the season pass just one time because I'm actually playing it quite a lot and for what was it, £7 or something like that, I thought, you know what, I probably will get the use of this. So it's one of those games you can pick up and play. I think I mentioned it last week. Apart from that, I have played... Um, well, there was something else I played entirely, but the one that I was going to mention was the demo to Live Alive, which I had a go of. Um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Quite different to what I expected. I thought it was going to be a lot more turn-based action, and which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but it's not. It's much more story-driven, and yeah, I, I liked it so much that I've uh, pre-ordered it. Very nice. Um, as as far as I'm aware, the Alive Alive demo features multiple little snapshots and times with different characters, as it kind of has this very all-over-the-place story. Uh, which of those stories did you give a wee try? I tried the future one, which was set in space. I haven't tried the other ones, but um, you're, you're absolutely right. Every story has a different character set, and I don't believe any of the characters cross over to any of the other stories as well, which is, is kind of cool. It's very unique, and, and when you consider this was a 94 game, uh, and the fact we're finally getting it, in this very cool Octopath Traveler type of look. It's, yeah, it's really good. And, and the story is nice and it's it, it feels, the voice acting is really interesting. Um, it's pretty good. I like it, but it reminds me of like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's got that kind of regionalized, uh, it's not like the English voiceover. I haven't obviously tried it in Japanese yet, but yeah, I really liked it. I could see myself getting stuck into a story on it and um, every story seems to have a different amount of uh, combat involved and it seems to be appropriate to the story style as well so yeah worth worth checking out yeah you know i think we we've done uh, mentioned it many times in the show where whenever there's like a unique or bizarre rpg the instant comparisons are to earthbound and undertale and what i like about alive alive is a bizarre and odd rpg but it's nothing like the ones that we've got already you no. can't really draw comparisons to airbound uh, exactly no i think that's why i like it because it does feel really quite different and that is definitely quite refreshing i'm trying to think there was definitely something else that i played for the first time this week um in fact there was a couple of things i think you know i I hate that when your mind goes blank and you haven't got it to hand 
um, to have a look at what you've actually been playing. Um, however, I'm sure it will come back to me before we do our next podcast. And uh, I've definitely been doing a bit more gaming this week and thoroughly enjoying it so far. Um, just before we get started, if you want to come and join us in our Patreon community, we've got a really thriving Discord community particularly, but lots of amazing Patreons, then you can head to nsukp.co.uk and if you go to forward slash support dash us, you'll get all the details about how to sign up to one of the fabulous tiers, Anton. Indeed, we have three tiers, the NES, SNES and the N64 tier. Um, you know, we occasionally do a little run through and it's been a little bit for $2 a month. You get our eternal gratitude, access to Discord community, a community shout out. You get to listen to the podcast live. You get to listen to a bonus show called Last Call Live, a show where we have no topic and usually ramble about media. We also have a tier, the SNES tier for £5 a month. That one, again, it's all the reward tiers as before, but you also get recorded and edited versions of Last Call with a very jazzy theme song by our one and only Mike McDermott. And you get access to the prequel. Um, it was meant to be six months early. It's probably more like 12 months early or whenever we actually start giving that out to the general user. And show notes early. We also have a fun and surprisingly popular uh, £9 a month tier, which has all the aforementioned ones, access to another bonus podcast roundup, expansion chat slash game nights occasionally, and a mug club, which is miscellaneous bits of merch about every six months. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, There's a lot there for you if you are a fan of the show and we really appreciate all your support thank you so much for downloading i am having uh, some <laughs> internet worries in this episode already i'm telling you i cannot wait to move system and and, and speaking of uh, speeding up the process of getting those uh, uh, prequels out to other uh, people who are on the free stream then yeah it's more like two years now I think but also uh, the good thing is I'll be able to get them done fairly soon because we can finally speed things up I just waited 10 years I held off and held off but here we are right let's move on to this week's news tell us the people want to know so we're starting with a game that has no date no trailer no screenshots. However, Flux Games have announced Cobra Kai 2 Dojo's Rising for Nintendo Switch, published by Game Mill Entertainment, which is very cool. And it's uh, it's an interesting one because Cobra Kai itself has been really, really popular. And as a TV series, people are really, really into it and, and really quite excited about the show. So this has potential to do well. It's going to be a sort of beat up as far as I can gather from it don't know an awful lot about it though yeah this one is very much just you know why did you announce this so early but exciting nonetheless i think the original cobra kai game many of us thought when we saw it it kind of looked like a cheap shovelware game however once people got their hands on it people enjoyed it it seemed like it did fairly well review wise despite some of its lackluster glamour and appearance and I think maybe apprehension of its tie-in nature but that title was surprisingly good so I'm hoping with a degree of reflection maybe some more budget this game can maybe live up to the expectations of the Cobra Kai IP. Yeah absolutely I think it will definitely have to be a bit sort of more I would say budget 
friendly than the first one, I would say, to, to really make a splash. But I think it might be. I think there's been success there, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Weld River Games have announced Horse Club Adventures 2, the Hazelwood Stories for the Nintendo Switch. It's an open-world horse life sim with mini-game elements coming out on the 27th of October for $34.99. Now, I must admit, when I first saw this announcement, I thought... Oh, here we go. Another My Horse type game, which generally are pretty terrible. However, I have to say, I slightly take that back because having done a bit more investigation into it and seen what people have said about the first one, it actually does have its audience. And I have to say, it doesn't look particularly bad either. I mean, it's not going to be something that I'm going to be interested in, but I can see an audience for this. Yeah, I, this is a tale, as you say. The original was a shocking kind of surprise success. And there is many a grown man that is putting hundreds of hours into the original. It is a surprisingly vivid and in-depth title. And this new one looks to be far, far more expansive. So, yeah, very exciting because it looks to be an actually good game. I would have, you know immediately written it off if I hadn't had any prior knowledge of the original title because it does look like a bit of a shovelware title but the original was really good uh, people really love that title so here we are double double dipping with Horse Club Adventure yeah the thing is exactly the same I probably wouldn't have even looked at this at all had we not been talking about it and actually when I looked into it I was like this actually looks really decent. So I'm quite interested to see what they do with the second one and how far they can go with it because, um, yeah, as you say, it's it's grown an audience and fair play to them because that's not an easy thing to do. So well done to them. Uh, Game Mill Entertainment have announced... Uh, so Game Mill Entertainment are busy today. Uh, Nickelodeon Kart, Racers, uh, Kart Racer 3 Slime Speedway for the Nintendo Switch. So this is, uh, according to a new leak, the new title is going to feature a fully voice-acted cast of over 40 iconic characters and be released on the 7th of October uh, this year. We have a lot of kart racers. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if the... It's difficult, this one, isn't it? Because the first Nickelodeon Kart Racer should have been really, really good. Um, I, I don't know. I, I want this to be awesome if they can get the characters right and get the gameplay right. But why are there so many kart racers? <laughs> yeah, I think this one, one, I just wish we had actually something to look at and, <laughs> you know, details about the game that just came out and dropped a title and wandered back into the forest. Nevertheless, you know, for a while, I was like, you know what? Budget titles, Mario Kart's expensive. But at the end of the day, if you're looking for a budget one, you're going to be going directly to the new Disney game that's coming out. Yeah. And I think with an iconic cast of characters, that one will be free to play, so it will probably end up with a much larger cast of characters. This one looks like it's going to be in the bargain bin by Boxing Day. Yeah, having said that though, the the the, ca- the cast of characters that they have in this game, in the Nickelodeon games, is actually really good if you are a fan of those sorts of cartoons, like things like Spongebob and Turtles and Loud House, Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Ren and Stimpy. It's even got um, Star Trek Prodigy as well, which was the animated one, Jimmy Neutron. There's a lot of good stuff in there in terms of characters. So this is why I hope they can improve on what they've given us so far. But I always worry when they announce it and they haven't shown anything. It seems to be that <laughs> Game Mill like to announce stuff early. Maybe that's just what it is. They're like, well, you know, let's, let's come up with an idea. Let's tell everyone. We haven't started it yet, but 
we're going to do this. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm not sorry. I should say I'm wishful. I'm not very hopeful is my way of saying it. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now i, I think that's put wonderfully um you know I can only be so excited of a game that they couldn't be bothered to make a trailer for. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Next up, how do you fancy playing some Kirby Fall Guys? Uh, well, you get the chance with Kirby's Dream Buffet for the Nintendo Switch. It's a food-themed four-player party game coming out summer 2022. Uh, so not long to go for this one. It's um, It was quite a kind of surprise drop, this one. And I'm interested to see how good this is because it has real potential. If it's taken what... Fall Guys does well and it's kind of I think the word is um, not improved on it but just tightened it all up a bit and just made it a bit more of a user friendly experience for everybody. I think this could do quite well but it is going to be all about the gameplay. Indeed, you know it's quite interesting where I think a couple years back before we had uh, Kirby Forgotten Worlds nobody would have well not nobody but this wouldn't have gotten quite the spotlight that it usually has and to be honest it's kind of been set up as a low-key launch a bit of a surprise launch where you know they just dropped the trailer it's not having a physical edition it's just going e-shop directly in the same way Kirby Fighters 2 went but it's got a lot more fanfare than the normal kind of Kirby spin-off game, which is quite exciting. And in all fairness, I think it does look fairly fairly solid. It'll definitely come down to gameplay. Um, it looks quite fun. It looks expansive. I think unlike Fall Guys, where it's kind of rapid-fire games, it will be maybe slightly longer, almost like a Mario Party of kind of going for a couple longer stages slash events. I'm excited to get my hands on this. I think this is going to be tons of fun. And I think whereas Fall Guys is only on, well, ideally best played online with a whole bunch of friends and a whole bunch of randos, this one is your couch co-op Fall Guys. Yeah, it is. And it is interesting they've gone the download only route. I'll be interested to see what they do. I don't know. Have you seen anything about the pricing of this, how they're going to structure it? Um, I don't believe they've shared pricing yet. They've they've kind of just dropped a trailer. Then once again, like Game Mill, wandered into the forest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I I almost it has a bit of the free to play vibe about it, and that's the only thing I'm wondering: is this going to be something that you will get a certain amount of? Um, you know, will you get a certain amount of this free, and then you can unlock more? Or I don't know. I, I just. It's a very interesting one, given the fact that this is online only. Um, I'm kind of hoping it's just a one-off payment of, you know, 20 quid or something. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm interested and slightly sceptical. 
Yeah, it is an interesting title if it was to go the free-to-play route. You know, it took Nintendo so long to catch up on the shooter craze with, you know, a spin on that idea in the form of Splatoon. And, you know, they've had great success with Splatoon. So I could see with something like Fall Guys as a large IP in the general conscious getting streams, Nintendo being like, actually, we can jump on that quickly with a title like Kirby's Dream Buffet. So it would be interesting to have a Nintendo title kind of on the kind of cusp of kind of a new sort of style in gaming. That would be quite exciting. And, you know, if it was free to play, it would help it, you know, acquire a more vivid streaming audience, quite possibly. Yeah, it is very interesting as to how they might go about this. And it may not be, it's just this is purely a guess. There is nothing behind it. Uh, next up, Shintaro Furukawa has described shares and Nintendo pulling out of the Russian market as negligible, uh, having a negligible effect on the overall sales for the Nintendo group. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not the first and possibly won't be the last big corporate entity to pull out of the Russian market at the moment. Um, and I've never really thought of... Russia, as be, even though it's a very, very large place, I've never thought of it as being a particular hub for Nintendo action. Indeed. As far as I was aware before all the, the big video game players pulled out of that market, it was primarily dominated by PC. And I think with many of these platforms coming late to that market, uh, just with so many clones and fake consoles, uh, serving that market prior to Nintendo and Sega and others coming into that space. You know, they weren't really console-centric gamers. So, you know, I think the thing that this says is Nintendo probably won't be rushing back anytime soon. I think they'll probably be in the, the latter wave of people if they were to return, to return back to that market. And I like that Nintendo's been able to stand with the rest of the industry and kind of standing by their ethics and, you know, sticking behind their guns yeah absolutely uh next up due to supply issues sales of the nintendo switch console has fallen by 33 percent in the japanese market so we've known there's been supply issues for many reasons uh worldwide over the last couple of years uh, certainly that is a shame because the japanese market is a particularly big market but i do wonder though the supply issues element is a bit of a convenience given that if you look at what Nintendo have done over the last couple of years it does feel like the output has dropped somewhat certainly at the moment I would say we're on a kind of lull of kind of new announcements and and big things coming up and I wonder if if it was more a handy sort of extra thing to be able to throw in there that this is due to supply and actually it's maybe only partly the truth. I am glad you brought it up because I, I won't lie. I think uh, I've been a little bit cynical on this podcast, but I had similar thought process. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, um, Shantaro Farakawa was mentioning at their shareholder investor meeting that they had, you know, they were spending double as much on parts. Now, obviously, that takes a while to trickle into supply, but Switch supply has been okay for a while. There's not many big titles driving console sales. And, you know, the silicon shortage is kind of coming to a close. I know within of the, the Chinese market, you know, especially, uh, so kind of looking at Asia in the whole, you know, you can get GPUs for 80% of MSRP. So 
that has been the area that's been harshly hit by the silicon shortages. And not only are they available at retail, they're getting available for below retail. So I think it's maybe just partially the, the truth. And if it is a truth, uh, hopefully resolved soon with all of these parts they've been hoarding up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I just think it's maybe a little bit of a clever kind of um, misdirection. I think that's probably the way I would describe how I might think of it as. However, this is again just our speculation. Uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope is going to be 7.1 gig compared to Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which was 2.3 gig, which is insanely small for a game that is uh, so well done. And it gives me real sparks of hope that this one's going to be a real good one. Indeed, uh, this is a title I think you know very excited for, but isn't getting enough excitement as it deserves. You know, the first game was brilliant, and this one looks so much larger and expansive and thought out. And I, it almost makes me think, you know, when looking at the new game, Sparks of Hope, that like many of the us gamers on the other end, they didn't expect the reception to Kingdom Battle to be so positive. And I'm really excited that this game. It's not only succeeding Kingdom Battle, but it's pushing what they did before forward and it looks to be a much more you know, expansive and graphically interesting title. I've, I'm very excited to see what this ends up all being about. Yeah, me too. I loved the first one and mentioned it and actually avoided it deliberately to start with because I just didn't think it would be my kind of game. And as soon as I picked it up, I think it was when we had one of those drop sales for about 750 on the eShop. I thought, yeah, go on. At that price, I'll have a go. And I honestly, probably the best 750 I've spent on a game in the eShop. It's really good. Uh, Nintendo has revealed the Nintendo Switch OLED model. It's the Splatoon 3 edition coming out on the 26th of August. I quite like this, I've got to say. I mean, I, even if you're not a Splatoon 3 fan, I've seen some people say that they really like it, even though they're not a fan. Um... And it's, yeah, it's clever marketing. It's good timing. Indeed. You know, it is quite incredible that, you know, the Nintendo Switch OLED is like a year old. And I remember when they announced it, I was like, ah, they, you know, they just announced a Steam Deck. I'll, I'll wait and get that first. And uh, could have bought 50 Switch OLEDs in that time frame because I'm still waiting on my pre-order. And this one is very much making me wish I could bite the bullet because it looks Absolutely gorgeous. Splatoon 3 is going to be quite a fun game. If it's Splatoon 2 but more, it'll be a great game. And oh, I want this one, Mike. It looks so good. I know. I, I saw it and thought, oh, that's just ridiculous. I have an OLED. Stop it. Uh, Lego have announced Super Mario the Mighty Bowser. It's an 18 plus Lego set, including 2,807 pieces and features compatibility with Lego Super Mario starter courses coming out on the 1st of October. Uh, for £229.99. It sounds like something Al might get, but also uh, because I know that he likes his Lego and this is particularly one that I think that he, he would like. Uh, the 18 Plus, I'm assuming, is not because it's, um, you know, naked versions of the characters from Mario, but probably more to do with the fact that it's quite a difficult one with a lot of pieces. Um, you would be correct. Sadly, this is not uh, the mighty <laughs> Doug Bowser's collection. Uh, that one you have goodness. to buy separately. Um but yeah, God, I wish we had Al to, to give the, the true Lego insight into this, but uh, I will do my best. And I must say, it's quite fun to see their more advanced sets like the Super Mario 64 set and the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, at Plus TV set line converge with the more popular Lego Super Mario starter courses. 
Uh, it seems like a nice tie-in, and I think it serves both aud- audiences and purposes quite well. It's a very thought, oh, I really like this one. Yeah, I agree. I think it looks it looks good, and, and I think if you're going to have that kind of price tag on it, it has to be fairly premium, and it, I think it looks it. So I'm sure there will be a lot of people taking up that offer. Uh, Bayonetta 3 has a new trailer, and the release date is now October the 28th, and a physical edition of the first Bayonetta game is also going to launch later this year. It's a really interesting title, this one, because it's got a huge audience, but I don't know that many people that are really hyped for it. Yeah, it's an interesting case where I almost feel like they've let it linger too long. Um, You know, the hype has very much burnt out a little. Um, You know, I do love Bayonetta. You know, I bought the first one on PS3, I bought it again on Wii U, I bought the sequel on Wii U, uh, and I've held out for for this new one, and I'm sure I'll pick it up and enjoy it. But the hype has definitely faded away, and when they spent so long working on it and teasing it and just chatting about it, you know, they announced it so many years before we actually got to see it, and it looks very much the same as Bayonetta 2. Obviously, new world and new enemies, but it looks like it's running in the Bayonetta 2 engine. Graphically, it looks like Bayonetta 2. And that game is getting closer to a decade old. And for how long they've worked on it, I think there's a little bit of not quite succeeding the expectation there. Despite the expectation, it would be a good game like Bayonetta 2. And um, I hope it doesn't hurt the sales too much because I know this is a franchise that's always teetered and struggled in the sales department. So... Hopefully it's able to stand strong. Well, they're trying to get all the audience because they've got the naive angel mode, which I think is a hilarious name, by the way, uh, because that mode in the game reduces the nudity uh, in Bayonetta 3. I mean, it's not that it's a particularly, it's not that much nudity. It's just perhaps, you know, scantily clad people and it gives them more clothes, which, you know, if if that is offensive, then I think that's a good option. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw people on Twitter and Reddit kind of... Um, being a little bit, you know, dismissive of this mode, but um, I think the fact that this is on a handheld that you might want to play out and about, mm-hmm. having a, a safe mode, you know, literally a, a safe for work version of Bayonetta might be handy in some instances. That's actually a very good point. Uh, public transport, that kind of thing, because there are certain games, particularly the ones with a Japanese flavor, usually, uh, that I just kind of go, I'll just, there's maybe too many people here to play that right now. I'll just, I'll play that later. They're not that bad. It's just, it's just that they're like, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you want to hear about all of the very uh, perplexing titles that makes its way to Nintendo Switch, we cover them all, every single one, on Roundup. And there's some of them where we're like, oh, that's that's going to be something. <laughs> there, there, there's a scale of acceptability. There are some that are way off the scale, and I'll never touch. But there are some which, you know, they've got some tropes in there. But it's fine. You just play the game. Visual novels are a big culprit for that. And then you've got the other ones, which is everything else. So it's it's fine. It's fine. And it's great that Nintendo, you've got choice now. You never used to get that. Um, now, normally here, we would jump into turbo mode. However, what I think I'll do, because we are ourselves this week and it's a quieter week, I think I'm just going to take these one by one and we'll have a quick chat about each of these. We've already mentioned the naive angel mode, so we'll just fly through these but one by one rather than a, an official turbo, turbo mode this week, I think. So starting off 
with a bit of extra Splatoon 3 news, uh, Nintendo showcased a new map called Mincemeat Metalworks. Uh, what was your take on it? Yeah, it's quite... I, I really love seeing all the maps that Nintendo makes for Splatoon 3 where sure games have gotten very formulaic in how they make maps. I think especially there's like the the free lane structure. You know, you have, you know, a middle, um, you know, a middle left and right and then, you know, high and low. Uh, and then there's kind of an overlap of all them and, you know, different kind of designs and then there's a little twist on it. But normal shooters have kind of gotten map design down fairly tightly. It's very rare that you get a modern, you know, AAA title that just has an awful map. They're at least serviceable. But Splatoon is such a unique title in this space that it demands much more unique kind of level design. And I think the fact that you can then also turn it a squid and like go through grates and all that sort of stuff and zip lines, it desires unique game design and level design. And this is an example of it. And I'm excited to see how some of the new mechanics of Splatoon 3 are interspliced in place throughout this as, um, to be honest, I've kind of just been sitting back and waiting to get my hands on it. Yeah, it's I like the kind of rustic metal look of the whole thing. I think that'll be a lot of fun to play in uh, Splatoon 3. And yeah, they've obviously thought about it. I mean, they're on to the third one. The second one was a huge success. The first one was successful, but the second one was huge. And it's going to be around for a while because they always seem to maintain the games for a couple of years with new content. So yeah, they'll have thought about this and I think it looks good. Next up, Bandai Namco shared Pac-Man World Repack gameplay at uh, the Anime Expo 22. Uh, what was your thought? Because this is a game that I probably would... I don't think I ever played the original, but I actually would be interested in this. I just really hope that it's... Um, well, what was your take on it, first of all? Um, yeah, this is one I'm quite fond of. I don't think I would buy it day one, and I think I would need a little bit of a discount to kind of ease me in the door, but I think it looks all right. You know, the PS1 original was quite good. I think in terms of a repackening, um, this is not quite a remake as I was expecting. I, it kind of looks like a PS2 title now, which I love PS2 third-person platformer, so I'm still on board. Um but, you know, it's not not quite the full remaster treatment, but it looks fun. Uh, I'm quite excited. It kind of looks like it's slightly Banjo-Kazooie in the collect-everything sort of vein. Uh, the demo that's showed at Anime Expo 2022 shows off, like, a, a mecha Pac-Man. It looks all fairly charming all around. I'm, I'm quite fond of this title. Yeah, me too. And actually, exactly the same as you, I think I will wait for a sale on this, but I... I'm definitely interested and having seen the gameplay footage I'm actually probably I'm probably more interested because yeah I can see why you've drawn those PlayStation 2 comparisons what's going to be interesting for me is the quality of life improvements because that's going to be key uh, if they're going to add things like a better camera system maybe more control over that in the kind of more 3D environments uh, save points more regularly uh, I know there's a kind of race level as well which is kind of cool and I like the variety in the game then I think I'll definitely be on board so I'm going to wait and see what the control scheme is like because that is important particularly if you're looking at a PS1 game yeah absolutely and you know, it kind of came from an era where there were just so many 3D platformers coming out left, right and centre. And, you know, having it re-released during this era, 
it might find a new audience. You know, Pac-Man has taken so many different forms over the years, and I particularly remember the kind of GameCube iteration. I think it was Pac-Man World Free, um, and yeah, it's kind of transformed. We had Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures on the the last gener or kind of seventh generation of consoles. We've had stuff like Championship DX and all of the various collections, and this is another one to add to the ever-growing collection of Pac-Man games on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I'm interested about this one, I must admit. Uh, Ubisoft Forward is returning on September the 10th. What are they going to be talking about? Um, that is the, the million dollar question. Of course, we'll probably have a new Just Dance, probably some gameplay, hopefully, of Mario plus Rabbit, Sparks of Hope. Um, Ubisoft have been fairly kind out of the big players in terms of supporting Nintendo Switch. So it would be lovely to see, you know, either some ports or... A whole variety of all things, you know, Starlink 2, that's my highlight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I, they're always quite interesting, the, the forwards. I actually tend to be more interested in them than some of the other ones that you see because they do tend to um, talk more. I think we'll see some Assassin's Creed related stuff because they've got their anniversary. It's 15 years since the first one. Uh, I know we've had quite a lot of Assassin's Creed now on the Switch with mixed results, but generally good. And um, it'll be interesting to see what they do come up with uh, for this one i just wonder how much of it will be switch goodness we'll find out switch oled is now one year old i've had a year of the oled i must say it's still a brilliant brilliant screen and a brilliant console i don't get to play it anywhere near enough uh, in handheld mode <laughs> but it is it's beautiful and a big upgrade in the first one in my opinion and you still don't have one anton Indeed. Um, yeah, I, you know, I <laughs> announced it right next to the Steam Deck and I was like, I'll get that one and pre-ordered it, you know, probably before the, um, you know, as soon as they let it live. But yeah, I could have gotten a couple of Switch lights or Switch OLEDs by now, but nevertheless, um, the time will come. Maybe that's Platoon Bundle. Yeah. It's very tempting. Uh, Nintendo trade trademarked NSW. So what is that? Nintendo Switch World or Nintendo Switch... Uh, yeah, so that's just a popular abbreviation for Nintendo Switch. Uh, oh yeah, I've seen that NS on Twitter and things. Yeah, which uh, kind of shuffling on there uh, onto our next news, uh, just to tie it in there. Mm. Uh, Nintendo's taken down many of the Switch OLED and Switch Lite trailers. So mm. the the combination of all three of these news with the Switch hitting one year, probably the minimum they could do for doing anything new, them trademarking the abbreviation for Nintendo Switch and taking down old trailers. Uh, many people are theorizing that this is maybe a hint of something new to come. Yeah. Um, historically, Nintendo doesn't really use abbreviations for their own consoles until they're done. You know, they never called it the SNES until the N64 was out. It was just a Super Nintendo Entertainment System, or at least Super Nintendo. Um, and that kind of goes throughout many of the consoles they've made. Uh, you know, NGC was never a word people said in the early 2000s. It was only until the Wii and Wii U came out that people started calling it that or Nintendo started calling it that. So what do you think? Do you think these are credible hints of what's to come or that I, something's coming? I do, actually. And I wonder if this all ties into the lack of a Direct because if you... I mean, I know we had the Partner Direct and actually that exceeded my expectations anyway and a lot of people's expectations. I have a theory that they are working on something they've probably waited for the year to pass and it does kind of make sense when you tie in all those things together for example the um the kirby game 
would have been perfect to have been announced at a direct. You could have added that into a direct, people would have been hyped about it. Instead, they've gone for a real low-key announcement on it, which makes me wonder if that was maybe being developed whilst they were um, maybe looking at the the new one, uh, the new next console perhaps, and they've kind of gone, cool, well, let's just keep this one just now and we'll work on our uh, presentation of whatever this console may be. I do think we're going to hear about a Switch Pro or whatever it might be called fairly soon. And I think this is where we're going with all these kind of, you know, two and two plus, might, might, uh, two plus two might make five, but I think it might be four in this case. The only other thing is I don't think we'll see the console until March 2024. I think they'll tie it in to be a March release again. And I think it'll be announced soon, but for 2024. That's my prediction. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be, to kind of fold this back into what we were discussing before, it is pretty odd, as we've mentioned, that Nintendo's mentioned that they're spending double as much on parts and they have less consoles to sell to consumers. That is very odd. So maybe one of the theories is, one, they're not trying to cover up their lies of, you know, <laughs> struggling to sell switch, uh, switches, but rather that, you know, they have a, you know, new Nintendo Switch and a new Nintendo Switch Lite, kind of in the same launch cycle that they did the new 3DS and new 3DS XL at the same time. I could see them doing them both at the same time so there aren't people that are, you know, oh, I would love the new Nintendo Switch, but I actually like the Lite form factor. I could see them doing them at the same time this time around. Yeah, I could see that as well. And having a Pro Lite and a Pro Main version, which be really interesting as as i've said a million times as long as they are backwards compatible with the current switch library i am cool with whatever they want to throw at us but it has to be we have to be able to play our switch games i think they will have thought of that though i don't think there's going to be an issue but yeah oh, well i say that <laughs> i hope they've thought of it uh next up then devin Pritchard has been promoted to Executive Vice President of Sales, Marketing and Communications. Previously, she oversaw the launch of Pokemon Legends Arceus at Kirby in the Forgotten Lands and Nintendo Switch Sports. So a pretty good pedigree there and perhaps reward for some good releases. Yeah, you know, um, it's great to kind of see women move up the, the management tree at Nintendo. I think it's also great to see young talent moving up the tree. Um, you know, Nintendo, especially during the Wii U era, era and earlier, was becoming a little bit of an old old man's club. So it's nice to kind of see fresh life being brought into Nintendo um, as that will help drive the company forward for the coming decades. Absolutely. And finally, Nintendo have shared a new song from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 called Milk Meadows. Have you had a listen? I have. It's, it sounds very fantasy to me, but I'm not the mu most music literate. So um, if you've got a wee second there, we'd love your ears on it. But uh, naturally, technology may prevent. You want me to listen to it now? If right, you've got, hang on, if you're yes, interested. you know, you know, I am interested, and I haven't. Listened. I did see this announced though, and I, as you know, I've played a bit of uh, the second one. So I'm going to quickly just. I'm um, here. We go. Right. So it's only a very short clip. So let me have a quick listen. So right so, now live. So I'm listening to it right this minute, and I have to say this is brilliantly performed so this sounds like a live a live orchestra they've obviously taken their time with this taken a lot of thought and effort it's interesting speaking about this kind of thing because you know that i write 
music for video games. So for example, PUBG, we've got a League of Legends one and there's a, a couple of other uh, games as well, and quite a few in Asia that we're on. And what happens quite often is they will take our song and they'll get, it's usually the Budapest Orchestra that did the do a lot of the Netflix stuff, like the Queen's Gambit and stuff like that. And they get them to re-record our songs with a 40-piece orchestra, which is absolutely incredible. It sounds like they've got like an 80-piece orchestra on this track. It's a really big one and it's it's really well done. It's it's a great, a great um, composition. I can hear what they're trying to do. It's not something I would sit and listen to, but I guarantee if you're flying your way through Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and a big adventure, this is going to work really well. And I suspect they put, they've put this out knowing that it's pretty epic. That's my thought on it. You know, it is... Um... Kind of, kind of uh, exciting, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a music literate at all. It's fine. I mean, but it's, but it's about evoking a feeling for people playing it, and I think this will do it. You know, this will definitely do uh, what it's, uh, what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, fair play to them for sharing it as well. It was quite a, a unusual move for them to do that. So, yeah, very cool. Right. Well, we're not even going to have uh, any rumors this week because, well, we don't have any to talk about. But on top of that. Or do we have rumours? We oh, have we do. A, a decent chunk this week. Oh, well, in that case, that's very funny. Whilst I very, very quickly run to get the rumours, it's time for the rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... You know, it's a shame Nintendo is uh, so heavy-handed, shall we say, in their copyright, because it would have been lovely to, you know, we mention there's music and then we play a little sample using fair use and review, but uh, sadly that does not exist for no. Nintendo. <laughs> and it's very sad because, to be honest, it really would help illustrate the points that we're trying to make. But with podcasting particularly, it's even harder than it is with even streaming because there is no, basically there's no way to collect royalties on podcasting. That's why. So you have to buy out your music or make your own like we do. By the way, good time to plug. Uh, Last Call, which is an extra episode that we record after the main episode. The theme tune was uh, done by us and all the content and all the music you hear, the main theme tunes, all done by us. Uh, So everything is completely legitimate and legal, just in case anyone's listening that works for PRS or anyone else. Right, I've got the rumours. Let's talk about them. First one, according to Tez2, due to the poor reception of GTA, uh, the trilogy, the definitive edition remasters of GTA 4 and Red Dead Redemption are on hold at least until Grand Theft Auto 6 is released. That's a real shame because I think Grand Theft Auto 4 could be a really good remaster. Red Dead, I get as well, but then you've got Red Dead 2 on other systems, so I guess it's one of those where I'm not sure about it. But Certainly Grand Theft Auto 4, having played it quite recently, and I remember when I first got GTA 4, I thought, wow, this is an amazing, this is unbelievable. And now you, I play it and I go, yeah, it's very of the generation, whereas 5 is stunning. So I think it's a real missed opportunity because I think Grand Theft Auto 4 done well, remastered well, would be an absolute seller uh, on the Switch particularly. Indeed, this is one of my biggest pet peeves of the gaming industry. The, they either release a console, a game on the wrong console or late. Remember, there's many games on the Wii U that release like 12 months late and then be like, oh, it didn't sell well. Or they release a badly ported game and then they're like, hmm, people don't like our games. Um, people didn't buy this because all the reviews on day one were like, 
it's not great. Everybody waited to buy it and bought it on sale um, if they decided to pick it up at all. Um, and it's a shame because they managed to fix it like within a couple months. You know, they maybe release one of these titles in a working state. You know, the reviews would be good and people would have picked it up at full retail price. And, you know, Grand Theft Auto 4 and Red Dread Redemption wouldn't need ground up rebuilds in the same way that Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition would need. Yeah. They just would need a little spit and polish and, you know, cleaned up a little. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I don't think it would be as big a job in terms of redesigning. Uh, actually, Alster and I were two of the fools that did buy it day one, weirdly enough. <laughs> but that was because we both were very, that was very much our era um, of being a sort of, you know, young gamer when the, those games came out. But uh, yeah, it has improved vastly. Uh, but it's a shame. I just wish they would hold off and just test everything really well before you release it. I know you can change things, yeah. but just take a bit more time. But yeah, GTA 4 on the Switch would be wonderful. Um, there's been a data mine of Mario Kart Tour which suggests the game is coming to PC and that Nintendo is upgrading Unity versions. Interesting, this one, because if it comes to PC and given we're getting all these extra courses... It's just weird to me. It just seems like a very strange uh, decision. Um, but I don't know. what. What's your take on it? Yeah, there's a fair few mobile games that make their way to PC, whether that's through the Microsoft Store or through just getting, you know, the full Steam treatment. And it's going to be interesting where I wonder if, you know, if this could prompt a Nintendo Switch port of this title, you know, this is a game that will have been confined to the limitations of mobile and built to the limitations of mobile. But if it were to go ahead and, as the data mine suggests, get a PC version, this means that PC would be your only place to play Mario Kart in 4K. It would be, you know, you'd be playing it with a controller. You would uh, you'd be able to do all of that well stuff and presumably as soon as it drops on PC... People are going to be modding it and ripping out the the online stuff if possible. And yeah, it will be in many ways a very competitive board of the game. Like playing this with a controller and not with a touchscreen. Wow, that would be exciting. Yeah, I just we I just don't see it from Nintendo. But then again, anything is possible, I guess. According to a job listing, Respawn Entertainment is working on a new single-player first-person shooter title in the Apex Legends universe. So again. I don't know if we get enough of these single player adventures. I miss the days of the sort of the Bond games or the um, Mission Impossible games or or even just sort of um, even like the uh, what's the trilogy that came out in the Switch recently that's slightly horror and very cool, very good. Um, <laughs> not Borderlands, the other one. Uh, Bioshock. Uh, Bioshock. Yeah, so that kind of like real w- adventure and, and no emphasis on the online world. I quite like when we do get one of those titles. It'd be really interesting if they did this with a, an online title and created something completely first-person shooter, single mode. Yeah, this is going to be an exciting title when it formulates. You know, Epic Legends was a spin-off of Titanfall. So it's already like a couple stages removed. So it's one just kind of a little bit disappointing for Titanfall fans such as myself to see um, it be redubbed the Apex Legends universe. But <laughs> it'd be interesting to see a, you know, the first game was multiplayer only. Then the second game was single player with multiplayer. 
and then it was a you know kind of battle royale title and then that's getting its own single player spin-off so it's like so many year uh, ways of abstracting you know if they got the mobility of titanfall but removed the titans kind of i'm not i don't hate that <laughs> yeah I, I, I could see you liking that ned game has leaked a switch version of Oddworld abe's exodus now this is one that i thought as soon as i saw this i thought anton will be interested in this i don't know in the timeline where exodus lands i've never played it i, I just know the kind of previous titles yeah so i'll quickly get the 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 Kind of title. So I believe it's the remade version of Oddworld is making its way to Nintendo Switch, which first came out on PlayStation 4 and then has uh, been ported uh, to Xbox Series X recently. Uh, that is Soulstorm. Uh, and that was a remake of uh, Abe's Exodus on the PS1. And it's fairly right. early in the timeline. And uh, yeah, that title. Oh, of is... course. Yeah, I mean, I say that I've played Abe's Exodus as in the the PS One uh, game. So, I think I was just confused by the fact that having seen the trailer, it looked nothing like Abe's Exodus. So I've compl- I've confused myself. But yes, I've played Abe's Exodus many many times. Yeah. So this new Soulstorm, you know, despite being a two D lemon cell game is quite graphically intensive. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it handles the port to Nintendo Switch. I'm quite excited for it, mainly as it's been a while since I played one of the classic Oddworld style titles. So am I right in saying, although it's a remake, it's not actually a a full remake. They've taken it and and changed it up for Soulstorm, which would have been a kind of remake of Exodus. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, so... uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, which has uh, been leaked for Nintendo Switch, slight uh, mistake in the notes there, I see. Um, is a remake of Abe's Exodus. I get you. Right, right, right. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, it's interesting because it, there were differences in the two, so it's it's kind of... Uh, if, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But anyway, you can check out the timeline if you want to check it out for yourself, and it would be good to see it on the Switch. Japanese uh, marketing material in 7-Elevens has leaked data for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course, Course Pack Wave 2, dated as the 17th of July. Wow, okay. I mean, that's a few days away. Are we going to get it? Yeah, Um the question is, is where's our direct? Um, you know, know <laughs> this would have been a great thing to to fill up a direct, but so would have Kirby. Um, yeah, I guess it's not impossible they just shadow drop this. There's you know, if they're shadow dropping new Kirby games, shadow dropping some DLCs, not out of the question, never mind uh, just a new wave. Um, it would be nice to have some more fanfare and of course a direct, but I guess this is maybe the way. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised, but I also would be delighted. Uh, Saga Frontier 2 has leaked on Play Asia, which means that it probably is coming, but are we, are, do you think we'll get it? Um, this yeah. is another remake, right? Indeed. So this is a, a remake of a PS1 game. And kind of RPG, we had the games on Nintendo Switch, which were, I guess, slightly polished up and made more contemporary it's yeah uh, this seems quite quite likely uh Zaga frontier did very well on nintendo switch for being basically a pixelated title and would be interested with the success square enix has had with their kind of 
two 2D HD cell games if they might give a similar treatment to this one as it looks to be kind of a, a safe bet in terms of investment at least from kind of my backseat game developer perspective but yeah this looks very very likely and I think the fact that it's made it to play Asia kind of uh, secures it for release. Yeah I, th- I always thought the first one that was on the Switch looked pretty good although it does still look like a kind of ps1 title i thought they did a fairly decent job of you know just brushing it up a little bit but it would be nice to see them go just that little bit further with it for the second one however uh, we will see and i think you're absolutely right that this will happen and we'll be having saga frontier 2 on the switch at some point soon Right, that was the rumours. They were there. We've gone through them now. Uh, Before we do finish up, there is no quiz this week unless Anton wants to quiz me on anything, but I suspect that's a no because, you know, we're fairly close at the moment in the quiz. Uh, Okay, uh, quiz question. What's my my favourite type of coffee? Your favourite type of coffee is a cappuccino. (sighs) Close latte. It's a latte. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. Okay. Go on then. Any others? Any other questions? Um, oh, I think I pass the bat on for you for a <laughs> quiz question of the week. Okay, quiz question of the week for me to you, Anton. Uh, okay, I'll throw it back at you and you're never going to get it. What's my favourite coffee? Cappuccino. <laughs> I do love a cappuccino, but no, it's a soy latte with peppermint syrup. <laughs> Clearly, we need to have coffee more often. <laughs> I do like a proper dark, really nice traditional coffee as well, though. I don't always go for that, but I must admit, the mint has, uh, you know, it's got something about it. I like it. Uh, right, that is it for another episode of the podcast. I will we'll be back next week. We'll have another uh, episode then. Remember, though, nsukp.co.uk. Get all the details if you want to come and join us in the Patreon and in the Discord. Anything else you want to add, Anton? Uh, yeah, uh, of course. I think uh, you've said everything there. The YouTube has tons of reviews. Uh, got a new batch that I'm working on at the moment. So there's some exciting stuff in there. So uh, to keep an eye on your sub box if you are subbed. If not, do pop over and see if it's your sort of thing. Hopefully you enjoy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening once again. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Au revoir.